Do you know the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Well, my guests this week are both, and the distinction is an important one because it means they have the education and training plus the dance background to go with it so they can support you and your dancer's nutrition needs. I have Melissa and Yasi from My Dance Nutrition on the show today, and we purposely wanted to record and get this out to all of you in the thick of competition season when I know you're preparing for long days or traveling to national championships because they have such great advice on how to fuel your dancers for competition. They even have a bonus for you during the episode, so listen in to hear more about the Fueling for Nationals Coach's Guide. And during the episode, we talk about diet culture, our relationship with our bodies as coaches and teachers, the idea that carbs are your friends, recovering from those long days, having snack time at practice, and even how to support your dancers around food when they walk into practice eating candy or sugar cereals the way my dancers always did. So here's my conversation with Melissa and Yasi. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Hello, Melissa, Yasi. It's so nice to have you both with me today. Hi. Here. Will you please introduce yourselves and your business? Tell us a little about yourself and your kind of dance world journey. Absolutely. Well, we are Melissa and Yasi. We are registered dietitian nutritionists. And we together, we made uh, My Dance Nutrition. Our goal is to be your trusted resource in dance nutrition amidst the noise of diet culture. And so just because I get, let me just like sidebar this for a second. (laughs) Um, Because we get a lot of questions, what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? And, um, you know, a a dietitian goes through... goes through school. We go through at least minimum of 1,200 practice hours that are supervised. And then we take uh, an exam that's nationally accredited. We have to have a certain amount of continuing education hours. Um, and so every dietitian is a nutritionist. Nutritionist does not, is kind of more of a general broad term. Um, so they don't, they aren't necessarily dietitians. So just wanted to point out that difference, but we are here to support you. We are here to support um, dancers and dancers and athletes. That's an important distinction. Thank you. And I get the similar things in psychology and similar in a lot of these different fields where there's not a great understanding outside of the field of like what, what are the differences and why, you know, where it's important to know. Right. And um, I think what's also important to know is that there is a lot of nutrition noise out there. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of nutrition facts and trends, and it's so important to make sure that everyone is getting their information from the right person and the right trusted source. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to brought up that distinction. Yes. And we are here to support you with that. I love that. And you're both former dancers, right? Yeah, yeah, so I'll go ahead and introduce myself. So Melissa here, part the, the 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 one half of my dance nutrition. Um, hello, uh, I grew up a competitive dancer in Colorado, 
And so um, danced at a competitive studio, danced for a high school dance team. Um, it went to nationals every year and then, you know, danced a little bit for a, a professional sports team. Did that route for a little bit danced in college, recreationally, and then started teaching at a dance studio, worked with their competitive dance team, rounded it out, started uh, coaching at my alma mater, Ponderosa High School, <laughs> go Mustangs. Um, so taught there for a while where we did go to nationals um, as well, went to state. Um, and so I spent 10 years coaching and it was during that time that I decided to go back to be a registered dietitian so I can do exactly this, which is talk dance, talk nutrition, and, and talk about dance or wellness. Yeah. And I'm Yossi Ansari. I grew up dancing in San Jose, California in a studio and danced competitively and then went on to dance for my high school. And after um, high school, I decided to pursue a degree in nutrition. And I am currently working as a sports dietitian in Los Angeles specializing in sports nutrition and athletes with eating disorders. Okay. And my previous experience has included working for programs like Cal and UCLA Athletics as their sports dietitian, again, focusing in on the athletes that may be struggling with body image, disordered eating, eating disorders, and also working with athletes in the arts on spreading nutrition knowledge when it comes to dancer health, and then working on this awesome goal that Melissa and I have with My Dance Nutrition on spreading just a lot of nutrition facts and education and resources and counseling through My Dance Nutrition. Well, you know, I'm all about the education too. I think that's so important <laughs> that we start with a place of like, we can teach you how to make better choices for yourself and like take some control rather than just like I said, weeding through the noise a little bit, because there is a lot exactly. of noise for sure. Tons, tons. Uh, so if, I think you guys kind of shared a little bit, but why specifically nutrition with dancers? Like what's your mission and passion between My Dance Nutrition? So growing up in the dance world, I'm sure others would agree with me or have similar experiences. We are surrounded with so many people talking about what kind of diet you may be, need to be following. Maybe it's for a certain role. And, and they may you may not like actually hear that you might have to change your body for a certain role, but sometimes it feels like that. And I can't really put my finger on what makes anyone actually feel like that um, unless they've had a personal experience. But there's a lot of diet talk coming from coaches, instructors, fellow dancers, maybe their parents, maybe your own parents, maybe the media. There's a lot of information out there, and I think it, it was a lot for me growing up, and I'm sure, Melissa, you may have had a similar experience as well, but it went well into my 30s where I didn't really feel like I had a positive body image, of. but I want to also make it clear that with body image, it's similar to a relationship that you might have with your friend, right? Mm -hmm. So. It's every morning that you wake up, it's a different kind of relationship. It really just depends on how you're feeling about what's going on internally, right? And what's going on in your own world. But it took until my 30s for me to be like, I want to love my body and I want to show up my best self and not want to do anything that might change it. So I think mm -hmm. the first comment I ever remember hearing was something crazy from a from a fellow dancer's parent about, you guys shouldn't be eating carbs after like 3 p.m. And I'm like, that's crazy yeah. because 
our practices were always after 3 p.m. And carbs are the number one fuel for dancers. So it was just comments like that, that, you know, in my 20s, I'm like, I want to go back into nutrition and help athletes and just help them not live in this in diet culture, or at least help provide them with tools to navigate it so that they never have to feel the way that I did well into my 30s. Absolutely. Oh, I so appreciate that. You're right. Because I think there's a lot of kind of what we said earlier about the noise of what you should and shouldn't do, but that's not a blanket statement that works for every human and especially not athletes who train the way dancers train. Yeah. And and I also, you know, want to say, and, and you know, I, my heart also goes out to the educators too, because I don't think anyone has negative intentions when they share information. It's really just what they hear or what might work for them for like a year or just what their friend said or someone said or my, what the hottest trend might be. So I, when I say that these, this was the information coming from different people, it wasn't that they had any negative intention. It was more, that's just what they were surrounded with. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you bring up a really good point, Yasi, because so coming at it from a coaching perspective, you know, I, I was in class and saw young girls as young as eight years old, you know, pinching their skin and saying, oh my gosh, I'm fat. I need to lose weight. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, you're eight years old. Where are you learning this? And the reality is, is they're learning it from us. And it's not necessarily they're directly learning it from us as we're saying, you need to lose weight, little girl. It is how we look at our own bodies. It's how we see ourselves in the mirror. It's how we talk about our own bodies. It's how we're talking about our food, our relationship with food, what we're eating, what we're not eating. If we're saying I'm on a diet or I need to lose weight, these young dancers are picking up on that. And even though we might not directly be saying it to them as something that they need to do, they're watching our language and they're watching what we do. So kind of our responsibility as coaches just to be aware of that and be aware of our own relationship with our bodies and our own relationship with food. So true. Modeling is huge. And it's, I mean, it's so much of what I talk about all the time with coaching, but we don't always think about it. It's not just how you model dance stuff and and it's how you model everything about what we're trying to teach our athletes. Absolutely. And, And also to add in there is the health component of it. So we've talked, or excuse me, the performance component. So and health, really, it's these behaviors can also lead to eating disorders, right? Mm -hmm. And diagnosed eating disorder, which can put these dancers at risk of so many health complications and um, just putting them at risk of injury, putting them at risk of losing their cycles, which also puts them at risk of injury, decreased energy out when they're performing. So there are so many, you know, pieces to this whole thing because it's not just the mental health aspect of what will I be thinking about my body as I grow up. It's also the health implications. Your, your teen years are such a foundational period for your nutrition and building your, your, the base of your body really in the foundation of it. And what you do in your teens is going to um, determine what your health status may be in your 20s and 30s and 40s. Yeah. So I love that's makes me think too about how I would have done things differently 
when I was a teenager about a lot of a lot of things. But are there things you guys would have done differently in your dancer phase of life, knowing what you know now? Absolutely. I wish that if I would have known that there were registered dietitians um, that work with dancers, I would have reached out to them. Because again, at, at that time, all we have is our peers and, um, you know, the, our parents and our, the people around us who, 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 although they have really, really good hearts and, and, and they're, it's in the right place and they're trying to help, they might not have the knowledge um, to really to really help a dancer through this. So if I, I would have known, um, I definitely would have reached out to a dietitian because, I mean, back in the 90s, man, everything... <laughs> Yep. everything was about like what not to eat, right? What yeah. don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this, as opposed to, okay, what can you eat? What can fuel your body? What will make you, you know, what will give you energy for dance? What will help you, your brain remember choreography? What will help you um, build strength, right? We, to learn all of those things um, to focus on performance nutrition. Yeah. And, and having, you know, the people that you're surrounded with in dance. So whether that's the educators, even your parents, dance moms, <laughs> just, you know, stressing the importance of like, okay, great. Like, what do you need right now? Do you need a break? Do you need to sleep more? Because I could remember like during rehearsals, rehearsals, we barely had any time to just take a break and eat. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. go, go, go during rehearsals. And that's like such a crucial time to be eating so that when you do go back onto stage, you're not feeling like you're about to pass out. And then not only that, but after the show and the performance, you want to feel like you're ready to get out there again and perform your best. And it's not just, we're going to go into the show, we're going to perform our best, not eat that much. And then we're going to feel sick the next day. That's such a terrible way to live, right? I want them to get back and and dance and feel good about it. No, that's how I feel like, oh, flashbacks of so much of my own dance career that was like super long, whether it's competition days at the conventions, um, Mm -hmm. in the ballet world, like those super long dress rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like you didn't, I didn't, I will speak for myself. I didn't pre-plan what I was going to eat for those long days. And so like, if you had anything, it was not good or if you, it was never enough. And then the post part I definitely didn't do well it's like you're exhausted you just go home and go to bed it was like no after what you just expended like there's a fueling after the fact yes which I guess brings me maybe to my next question that are there or what are some of the big misconceptions about nutrition that you see in the dance industry or with the dancers you work with and then educate us what do we do instead yeah uh I want to say number one carbs are your friends okay everyone (laughs) (laughs) I love carbs and I want everyone to love them too and I want you to be able to incorporate it into your dance and learn exactly when to have them so that it helps your performance and so um yes number one carbs and you should never feel like you need to earn a brownie I just want to also say that too I know brownies are not necessarily like what we need for maybe optimal fueling around performance. I mean, they can be if you're planning them intentionally. But um, but what I want to say is especially like just going back to performance days, planning ahead and seeing what works for you. It was never just the rehearsal day. There might have been rehearsals even leading up to the actual dress rehearsal that was hard, right? Mm-hmm. So 
incorporating certain foods around then to see what works for you and what doesn't. And also remembering that you need to eat on a dress rehearsal day. I have, I just had flashbacks of my mom having like a little Subway sandwich or something for me (laughs) ready to go. And I'm like, I can't eat this because it's going to feel too heavy in my stomach, but I needed to eat it. I should have had her say, no, you have to eat it. You got to eat it. And you have in an hour, you're going to get back on stage and you're, you might faint or, or something might happen. And so just having the tools and the resources around us to tell us when the, the optimal timing is for the food that we need to eat. And if we can't tolerate something, great, here's a smoothie. You need to drink your smoothie um, before you get back out there because you need to have the, the energy that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then coming at it like from a coaching perspective, I think from a coaching perspective, we have so many things going on. We've got to get, you know, they've got to clean this number. They've got to learn this choreography. We've got to do, oh, now we've got to like practice this game because we're going to, or this, this uh, sideline because we're going to do this at the football game on Friday. And there we have all of these to-do lists. And so it doesn't feel like we have enough space for a snack or for eating and drinking, right? Like the, that, like no eating or drinking and in rehearsal, we don't have time for that. We don't have time. Like we got to go, go, go. Um, but really coaches, if we allow a little bit of space for something light before practice, some, and encourage hydration breaks, it will make your rehearsal so much more productive. Your dancers will have energy, they'll remember things. Um, so, you know, that's something that you can do to not only help your dancers, but to also help the productivity of your own rehearsal. Because I know you have so many things on your plate, so many things that you're trying to get accomplished, um, but allowing a little bit of space for that Uh, could help. And then I think another misconception is like good versus bad, right? Categorizing foods into this is a good food and this is a bad food. And we're good when we eat good foods and we're bad when we eat bad foods. And really food is food. It's just how we're, how, you know, food is there for our nourishment, for our enjoyment, for performance, to honor our cultures, to practice religious practices, for um, survival. Like there to so many different reasons to eat and all of them are welcome. And so there's really no like good versus bad as, as much as there is like, okay, what is this going to, what is going to be the most beneficial for you right now? Especially when we're talking about performance nutrition, what is going to benefit you the most right now? And I know that sometimes coaches just see their dancers coming into practice eating candy and they're like, you're, you're, that's bad for you. Don't eat that. Well, they might have not had anything all day. And so maybe the question needs to be, okay, what did you eat today? Like, mm-hmm. what is this the only thing you ate? Be, like, did you have breakfast? Did you have lunch? Did you have hydration? Because sometimes um, they're gravitating towards the candy because their body is really craving carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just kind of changing hungry. that. Like, yeah, and they just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just might be hungry. So. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing, knowing kind of uh, giving space to eat and to hydrate and then, you know, asking these questions if they're coming in without energy or if they're coming in eating a bunch of candy and you're like, what's going on here? You know, asking those questions. How did you fuel today? How much water did you drink? I think those are important things, um, you know, important things to, to, to just add into the practice factor so that we can all support each other. 
I'm also going to add in recovery and being intentional about it. Chelsea, you brought up, you know, going back home and just sleeping right after dress rehearsals or just performance days. And that's usually what happens. So being intentional about recovery and having coaches be on board and other choreographers and instructors and parents and just having a nutrition educator there at some point during that dancer's life, um, during, you know, that season to really just share how important recovery is, how important nutrition timing is, consistency is, Mm -hmm. um, to keep their energy levels stable. Um, The other thing that I've been hearing a lot of is, you know, switching, like not getting enough dairy and not getting enough foods with calcium in it. And that kind of concerns me because bone health is crucial and it is a special time where these athletes really need to be getting enough calcium in their diet to be supporting their bones. Um, and so focusing in on the dairies that you can, or excuse me, the, the calcium sources that you can tolerate um, and not feeling the need that you also have to immediately switch over to some kind of dairy alternative because you hear about it. I think that everyone's needs are individualized. And if you like cow's milk, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And then just like a health perspective, you know, periods, periods are normal. So for the female dancers, periods are normal. And I want to make that very clear. Um, You should not feel like it's an accomplishment to not get your period one month. So I want the dancers to speak up if they are not getting their periods consistently. Um, And if they've gone three months or more without getting a consistent cycle to talk to a physician and to reach out um, and make sure that they are getting the nutrition they need to have just different components of their health be um, in the the right, the right place. Yes. Oh, both of, there's so many things in there that I was like, oh, the mindset around this, because of course that's (laughs) where I go with it. But so yeah. I want to come back to the period thing, but I want also what Melissa was saying about good and bad food. And it's yeah. that the mindset around labeling it as like, I'm going to mm-hmm. be, or what Yasi said earlier, I have to earn this thing, or I'm a bad person if I eat this, or I'm a good person if I did that. Like, So will you talk a little bit about the how the mindset plays into nu- the nutrition for the dancers that you work with? Yeah. And with the good and bad food, that's why we try to not label anything as good or bad and try to focus on a all foods approach in our work too. Um, And so the reason why we want to do that is basically to, to have dancers and all young athletes and any athlete for that matter, to be able to eat a variety of, of foods and not feel guilty about it. When you feel guilty about something, not only will you navigate, like, you'll, you'll want it more. So anything, anytime someone says you shouldn't be eating this, your body's going to mentally be like, Oh my God, I actually want that now. I want everything. I want Mm -hmm. to eat so much of that now. Right. So having a balance of these foods, all foods and, um, putting, rating them on the same level. So when I brought up the brownie example, I personally love brownies. Mm -hmm. I think it's great to have your sandwich, have your brownie, have your cup of milk, you have a balanced meal right there. And in the more that we can set the example that all foods fit and that all foods play a different role in your life, the more that people will be able to adopt healthier lifestyles and never feel restricted as they're getting older. Yes. 
Yeah. I think the, the mindset shift that has happened, or I feel like the culture has shifted mm-hmm. and maybe that's my outside perspective, but like you were saying, the, I definitely grew up in a ballet world where not getting your period was a positive thing. And it was a, see how, you know, lean I am or how, you know, in some version of fit, which looking back is awful, but it was the interpretation of it was there. And then, but what I feel like is shifting now a little bit is from the diet culture and what used to be more about restrictive and like, Mm -hmm. I don't have, don't have, can't have, never do that to I'm starting to hear more and more of like, okay, what can we have? What are the, like thinking about it in the positive way, which is, I see a similar shift in the psychology of things of like, rather than just all the negative stuff, what are the positives too? Do you guys, do you see that shift too? Or am I making that up? Yeah. I think Melissa and I were talking the other day and Melissa, you actually brought that up is, you know, when we were dancing, a lot of it was what not to do, but now it's what to do. Even the, the different, I'm not going to name any, um, and again, when you are getting your nutrition information, look for a registered dietitian, but a lot of <laughs> eating patterns out there right now and the different programs people are getting involved with, they're focusing in on a lot more of what you should do, which is great, but that doesn't change the fact that it's not coming from a dietitian. So right. um, I think it's important to be coming from an RD and to focus on what you, what you can do because it's always better to look at the cup half full, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was going to bring up a, another component. Oh, the other component is in the dance world. I don't know if you guys have both noticed this or not, but when our instructors are sometimes, you know, um, teaching us something, they might say like, don't, don't land like a whale, right? Mm-hmm. They might like make a comment or compare something in the dance to like a, an animal that might be a larger animal. And I think it's really important to kind of think about the words that are coming out of your mouth. You just never know when you might be working with an athlete that's a little bit more like hears those things and hears and takes it more personally, depending on what's going on in his or her own life. Right. So just thinking about even those little things of when you're comparing a dancer's body to an animal's body, I just think the dancer needs to be focus on the, the dance, right? Yeah. <laughs> focus on the dance. Yes. Oh, language matters so much. Yes. It, it's a big part of this too. Yeah. So if we could then maybe offer some, like the concrete advice of what you should do, right? So like I hear people, coaches will ask me, or which, you know, what do we do if it's a super long day? Or like we were saying, they come to you after school and maybe they haven't actually eaten a whole lot all day, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I had, we did a lot of Saturday morning practices and I would have dancers come in like and walk in holding a box of sugar cereal. And that was their thing to like snack on as we were warming up, which was awful. And in a lot of ways, (laughs) but so how can we, as the educators and the coaches help our dancers be fueled and ready? Like, that's so funny that you say that because I like when we had um, rehearsal over the summer and it was usually in the morning and the, my dancers would just roll out of bed literally in their still pajamas mm-hmm. and just come straight to rehearsal. And they had no energy right. at all. And they couldn't remember any of the choreography. Like, like it, And so I, I honestly, I had implemented 
a snack time. I was like, you're bringing snack. We're going to have the first hour to warm up and to go over our week. And then um, we'll start like light choreography. Then we're going to have a break halfway through. We're going to eat a snack together as a team. And then we'll start our choreography. Right. So that that actually really, really helped because I was like, you need to bring a snack. It needs to be like something substantial. Um, and so we'd sit and eat snack together. And that so I definitely remember that. But I think the po- important thing. So going back to your question, <laughs> um, I think the important thing is that preparation starts before competition. Right. It, it starts. It starts now. It starts, you know, did you eat breakfast? Did you eat lunch? Did you hydrate? Did you have at least, you know, two to three water bottles before you came into rehearsal today? Um, Especially the week of competition, we want to make sure that we're really, really not skipping meals, continuing to hydrate, especially if we're going to nationals, because guess what? When When we're flying... Uh, all the way to California, or sorry, not California. If we're going to UDA nationals, we're going to Florida. I guess some people go to nationals in California, but if we're flying on the airplane, that's going to dehydrate us. So we have to continue our, uh, start our hydration before that. And then when we get there, know that you've landed dehydrated from the plane. So we have to hydrate then. Um, Meal consistency, eating a meal or a snack every three to four hours to keep, right, that consistent, um, that consistent energy. Um, and so we don't have like dips in our energy. Um, having meals that are, if you go to our Instagram, uh, my dance nutrition, you can see the dancers plate that Yasi and I created based off the U S Olympic committee's athletes plate. Um, so having, a, a, a you know, some protein to help with muscle recovery, having lots of fruits and veggies for fiber and antioxidants and having some sort of starch. And that's our main energy source. So having that as our meals and being prepared. I think during competition, so during rehearsals, you want to plan for if you're having like a four hour rehearsal, like you want to have some sort of maybe a 10 or 15 minute break for a quick like refuel, um, whether that be, you know, a couple of cuties or maybe just some Gatorade or something. Um, and then if they're longer than that, you want to plan for a meal. So having like a dance parent come in and, and provide a meal. And that will also help you know what the dancers can tolerate on competition day because they're like, oh, okay, like I have my turkey sandwich and I have my baked lays and I have my fruit cup. Um, so I know I can tolerate this and that consistency kind of helps relieve the anxiety of competition day because they have their safe meal, their meal that they've always have during, during dance and that they know that they can tolerate. And then during competition day, um, planning for that. And if coaches, if you are, if it's like too much for you, give it to an assistant coach or give it to a a dance parent to plan around and either have like, I used to have my dancers, we would meet in the mornings on competition day for hair and makeup. Someone like the, we'd have breakfast together and then we'd like form an assembly line. And then we'd be like, okay, make your sandwich. You've got everyone made their own sandwich because then they know what they like. So you got your turkey, your cheese, your lettuce, tomato, whatever. Um, And then grab your carrots and ranch, grab your fruit cup, grab your baked glaze, grab your water bottle, grab your Gatorade and have all of that. And so they knew what they were going to eat. 
Um, I'd also check out the venues beforehand. And if there was, you know, something like a Chipotle, depending on if it was like going to be during competition or after the competition for their post meal, maybe a Subway, maybe Chipotle. Um, but having a parent go pick that up and giving them the orders beforehand and having them come in and, and, and then we have like a meal together that way. So again, um, if this is coaches, if this is too much, <laughs> give it to somebody. But, you know, we have a bunch of resources on, on our Instagram and on our website, and you can contact us directly if you need a little bit more assistance, uh, more assistance with this. Yeah. I love the consistency piece to it because that's a big part of mindset in general of like, if you've practiced, you know, whatever it is, you've practiced how you're going to warm up, you've practiced how you're going to, um, like the visualization, but like the food is a, the same idea. You practice what you want to eat and how your body feels. So you're ready. Love that. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, the, the nutrition piece is just as important as hydration, sleeping, mental health. So mm-hmm. preparedness for the sport um, and the actual sport, right? So the training that you're doing to get ready for your competition performance. So nutrition is just as equally important. Um, and I just want to, you know, add that there's a time and place for those sugary cereals too, but I want to make it clear that the foundation of the nutrition practices should be consistent. So having those meals consistently, um, including those nutrients that Melissa talked about getting your proteins, carbs, and fats and fruits and veggies at your meals. Um, and then if, if you don't have time for a meal, then focus on getting the snack and then eat another snack shortly after, but also listening to your hunger and fullness cues too. So the more consistent you can be, the more that your brain and body are connected to each other and the more that your body trusts when you're hungry. So, um, if you're out of whack and out of like timing with your consistency, it's really hard to get reconnected with what your body needs. So by being consistent, you're setting yourself up for success because your body's going to be on a fueling schedule and you're going to know like, Oh, I know I need to go out and grab my snack right now. And wow, it's, I have to switch shoes right now. So I'm going to be putting on my point shoes right now. I have a quick moment to like take in some electrolyte beverage or like an applesauce squeeze or something, um, to help me get back to practice. Um, and yeah, by listening to those hunger cues too, even if it's outside of the meals that you have set for yourself, that's important too. And it's okay to eat when you're hungry. Absolutely. Yes. Do you have some, I'm picturing some coaches now or teachers listening, like, okay, they need to have a snack, you know, for the long days or just coming out of school and transitioning in. So what, do you have any like good ideas that we can share with our dancers for snacks or resources for that? Yeah. So number one, go to my dance nutrition on Instagram. We have a ton of resources there. We even have a fact sheet that we can share with you. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, um, I don't know if it could be in the show notes or something, but Absolutely. we'll share it with you. Um, and then I think what's also just good to keep in mind for parents is that school's tough right now. Like school, especially with all the restrictions on, on COVID, not every child or, or athlete's able to take a solid 30 minutes to eat a lunch or a snack. It's either like in passing as they go from one class to another class, or they may not want to eat in front of their friends. I don't know what's going on at school, but there's a lot of factors that can affect someone's intake at school. So making sure that your child uh, before they head off to school is eating 
their breakfast. Like breakfast is a solid breakfast. Wake up and eat mm-hmm. within the hour of waking up. Um, so eat a, a solid breakfast with your family if possible um, and getting those three nutrients we talked about. And then three to four hours later, come up with some snacks. So maybe it's string cheese, maybe it's crackers, maybe it's um, like carrots and some kind of dip. And you can put it in a little cooler, like a lunchbox cooler, or even get a water bottle where you can make sure that the water's frozen. Like just make sure that the water's extra cold to keep your food items cold. Greek yogurt and fruit, always a winner. Um, And some schools have like little snack bars so they can go to that snack if they have that option to purchase some snacks at school. But those would be some of those snacks that we'd be recommending. Pretzels and peanut butter, um, apples and peanut butter, a sports bar of some sort that has some nuts in it, um, cereal and milk, always a good one. And, you know, so there's a variety. Always think about like what kind of protein and carb can I combine for my snacks. And then lunchtime sandwiches are great. I've worked with a lot of parents who prep, like they'll have like little snack, it'll look like a snack box, but they'll have cheese in one corner of it, the turkey slices in another, the crackers or a slice of bread, um, and then vegetables. So just having like little pieces. And then you can never go wrong with like a peanut butter or an almond butter sandwich, whether that's in a bagel or slices of bread. But then three to four hours later, if they're still at school, that that time especially, because that's usually when they're about to get to dance class. And not every not every athlete will eat between lunch and dance class. So having the parent have something ready to go in the car, and that could be um, like chocolate milk and fruit, like the chocolate milks that you don't have to necessarily refrigerate, like the ones that are in those UHT packaging. Um, and or like a sandwich that's ready to go that they can eat on the way to practice um, or smoothie with a piece of fruit. You know, there's, there's ways to do it. You just have to plan ahead. And I had actually um, one dance coach say that she was actually going to get a basket of snacks for her dancers um, to have before. And it wasn't supposed to be like, you always get this. It was like, if you did not eat today, please grab something. And she was going to pack it with, you know, some crackers and some fruit um, and sports bar, like just little, little snacky things for that. So that would be kind of an easy thing to do too, um, coaches, if that's, you know, another area that you want to make sure that, that your dancers are eating before they come to rehearsal or they come to practice. Yeah. I love that. Such good advice, guys. I feel like we covered a lot. Is there a, I'm all about actionable too. So what's the actionable tip? Where do we get started if we want to help our dancers with their nutrition? Number one, go to My Dance Nutrition on Instagram because there we do post uh, a lot of great facts when it comes to hydration, snacking, um, meal tips, performance tips. I really love our fact sheet. I would really love to share that with you, Chelsea. Absolutely. So yes. That would be a great resource for the dancers. Another great just recommendation is to have parents reach out to the dance coaches um, and let them know like, hey, have you listened to this podcast? Hopefully <laughs> by yeah. then. But, but also just to let them know like, what are we doing about nutrition? What's the conversation looking like when our kids ask about 
something involving a diet? Like, have you heard anything? Like, just to be aware of what's going on in that environment um, and to potentially encourage just preparation wherever, whether that's the dance studio or the team, um, to have like a, you know, um, someone who's designated to the snacks <laughs> or at least giving snack suggestions. And then looking out for resources that are written um, and information by registered dietitian nutritionists, even like Dance Magazine. Um, I've I've been one of the dietitians. There's a lot of great dietitians that also contribute to that magazine, for example, where there will be a lot of great nutrition tips on, on what to do around dance practices and performances. So looking out for that credentialing next to someone's name and making sure they are a registered dietitian when they are getting the information they need for dance yeah. nutrition. Absolutely. And then as, as a coach, you're going to want to ask, you know, did you eat, did you eat breakfast? Did you eat lunch before you came to practice? Did you have at least two to three bottles of water? Right. And, and kind of encouraging that on, on your end before they're coming into rehearsal so that you know that they're fueled and that they're ready to go. And then we also have, if you do go to our Instagram, um, there's a link to our website where you can sign up for our newsletter. We are currently in the process of making an information um, handout for anyone who's going to nationals in January and February for, um, for UDA or maybe for DTU. Um, we, we're, we're working on that. So we got, we got you covered. And of course you can always reach out to us with any specific questions or needs, or if you need more support in, in with your teams or with your dancers. So we're here, we're here for you. I love yeah, that. And, ask, and, I, and ask questions, like have parents ask questions. I think that's the other important piece of this is ask your kids questions, like ask how they're doing in dance, ask, how they're feeling, if they feel like they're energized, if they're sleeping enough, just ask the questions you need to see what might be going on because it's always really great to be able to talk to someone you trust if there are any body image or just eating concerns that are coming up um, with dance or school. Love that. Such good points, guys. Thank you. We, uh, so I will definitely link the fact sheet in the show notes and, uh, make sure your website and Instagram and all that is up. Uh, will you just share a little bit about kind of the work you do if people are interested in checking in with you, if you do like, you know, workshops or what does that look like for our dance community? Uh, so we offer team talks for dance educators, for dance companies, studios, um, dance teams. So we offer team talks on a variety of topics, including recovery, uh, nutrition for performance, rehearsals, practices, meal prep, um, nutrition timing, and then the individual education on like carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and how they affect performance. Um, we also offer body image resources and team, I call them team talks, but we do offer body image workshops about um, like what the do's and don'ts are when having conversations around body image for dance educators, coaches, parents. And so those are really, really great options that we can offer and also one-on-one -on -one counseling. So if there are any concerns around nutrition, not meeting your nutrition needs or any health implications that can be as a result of not getting enough nutrition in, um, we offer one-on-one -on -one counseling and individualized nutrition to make sure that your dancers are 
the healthiest they can be and meeting their needs for their level of performance and also for recovery after injury too. So many good things. I wish I had that as a dancer and as a teacher, like I needed, you know, and it's, I think for a lot of us, it's just hard to know, like, I want to talk about this with my dancers, but I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to go about it, or I'm scared to say the wrong thing. So, so appreciate you guys and what you do. Um, your work is so helpful and valuable. So thank you so much for spending your time with me. Any last minute thoughts that we didn't get to that you want to make sure we say? Like you thank gave you, us so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. This is spread the information. Yes, and we appreciate the work that you do because mindset, of course, is always so important as as we are in this new wave of treating the whole dancer. Yes, I love that. Thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate you. We appreciate thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you.